0: Hey, Jennifer.
1: Hello, Peter.
0: So last week I was running a workshop for an executive team and one of the executives said three words that kind of blew my mind open a little bit and I really would like to hear your thoughts, get your responses to help me unpack what this means. Okay. Should I share the three words?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was the right answer. The three words were, effectiveness kills curiosity.
1: This is the long and the short of it. Wait, back it up, my friend. Back it up. Context? <laughs> effectiveness hmm. kills curiosity. Can I just... Try to translate that off the top of my head. Of course, of course. If you think it works, why would you investigate another way?
0: I think that's a a pretty solid definition, a pretty sound definition, or at least a read on those three words. Maybe I'll give the context, which will help us. Because I actually think just before we started recording, I actually started questioning myself, wondering, maybe it was efficiency that kills curiosity, but I'm 98% sure he said effectiveness. So let's unpack that and then maybe see if it applies to efficiency too. So, the context was we were talking about the benefit of being a curious coach-like leader. So, I was helping the executive team get a bit clearer on how they can practice curiosity, how they can practice being more coach-like in the way that they lead their teams, which was great. They were loving it. They were practicing asking questions and, and then we came back from a breakout and one of the shares was this particular individual who said, I realized that as a leader and even as an organization or as a team, we are incredibly effective We have certain rules that we like to follow for meetings, which is let's get them 55 minutes so we give everyone five minutes back in their calendar. We have agendas. We have people who take notes. We have really quite solid rules on how to run and structure an effective meeting. Actually, which I was quite impressed with that I know many organizations don't do. And he said, what I've realized in this moment is that I'm sometimes so effective in delivering on those rules of engagement that I don't leave space for curiosity. I don't leave space to go off the agenda, Mm off-piste, to have a curious conversation that I don't know where it's going to land because I'm so busy effectively going through the agenda. And I was like, that feels like kind of profound and also interesting. So what do you think?
1: I'm still trying to fully wrap my brain around it, but as you were just describing it in context, it reminded me of another saying which has four words – (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. I love that we now have to lead with how many words are in these things.
1: (laughs) And this one is from my friend Jasper Grant. Leave room for serendipity.
0: Mm. And it
1: feels like maybe that's a close cousin. Like create structure. Within structure, there's freedom. Create a plan. Create a strategy. And leave yourself open to... The truth that you can't plan for everything and by not leaving room for serendipity or curiosity or whatever word you want to put there, you might Mm. be missing the gold.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. It's almost like in that example, on the agenda, having (laughs) 10 minutes for serendipity, like put aside. Or making the agenda, I guess, in that example that I mentioned, a 55-minute meeting, maybe you account for 40-ish, 45 minutes worth of agenda items and you leave room for the serendipity, the questions, the curiosity, the rabbit holes, as I like to call them.
1: Yes. Wow. My brain is just going in many different directions, but it's making me think of how... (laughs) I've been going to a lot of union meetings lately and there's always a very structured agenda, but then Mm. the last item is called something like other business (laughs)
0: miscellaneous.
1: (laughs) And when I build out budgets, whether it's for my studio or production budgets as an artistic director, we always have a line, which is, you know, the slack in the budget, the leave room Mm. for serendipity moment. And I'm thinking about how many times (laughs) we've needed the other business moment or the cushion in the budget because life throws you curveballs. Sometimes those curveballs are great, but if Mm. you don't have the slack for it, then how are you going to be able to swing?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so then I guess I'm also wondering about the word efficiency and whether that applies too, because for some reason I started doubting that I heard effectiveness prior to this (laughs) recording. I was like, maybe I heard efficiency because I'm starting to think I could see where efficiency could kill curiosity too, where we're so focused on getting things done and getting them things done quickly that we don't make room for or forget to make room for questions and serendipity and space and curiosity. So I feel like I wonder if efficiency applies here too.
1: Well, I'm thinking that, I mean, efficiency, just like effectiveness, is a really good thing. Like, Mm. those things are not bad. They're things you want. But are they the ultimate goal? Like, are you willing to sacrifice creativity in favor of efficiency? Are you willing to sacrifice curiosity in favor of effectiveness? That's the thing that's coming up for me is like, of course you want to run efficient and effective meetings, but not if it means that the best idea as it is coming out of someone's mouth is Mm -hmm. halted because that's not on the agenda.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're, reflecting back to me how it can be both and it doesn't have to be either or yeah which is interesting because one of the things we also talked about in this workshop was the idea of can if instead of can't because which comes from Mm -hmm. a great book called a beautiful constraint i'll pop it in the box of goodies and one of the concepts from that book is very often we human beings but also we leaders or we employees or just creatives might start a sentence with or have a story that we tell ourselves that sounds something like, oh, I can't do that because. So, in this case, I can't leave room to ask curious questions because I've got an agenda and I like to be effective and efficient. And we talked about what it looks like to flip that to, which is from a beautiful constraint, a can if. So, well, I guess I can be effective and curious if, to your point, I leave space for serendipity. I guess I can be efficient and curious if I add a time constraint that the time for questions is 10 minutes long and here's the container for it. So I'm realizing that there's definitely a yes and and a can if. I think they're quite closely related, those two sayings, those two ideas.
1: Whoa. Okay. This week in my homeroom class, we did an exercise, which I would not have connected the dots that these were similar until I just heard you explain this. But this month at the studio, our theme is embracing imperfection and trying to help people get a little messy. And part of this is giving up the need for everything to be effective. I wouldn't have used that word until this conversation. Mm. So I asked everyone to name something that they wanted to explore or experiment with or complete this month, but that they made this decision not to because they didn't know how to do it. (laughs) And so everybody named the thing. And then we went through and tried to itemize as many things as we could that would fill in the blank on the sentence, I have no idea how to, and then list all the things associated with the thing that you don't know how Mm -hmm. to do. And Mm -hmm. then we wrote a counter statement, which was, I could try fill in the blank. And I think what I'm recognizing here is that this need to be effective keeps us. From going after things, if we don't know, they're going to work. This need Mm. to be effective keeps us from exploring and experimenting because what if on the other side of this experiment, my experiment was not effective? Mm. And wow, talk about killing creativity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No room for experiments. That's a great way to kill creativity. Huh. So one of the other things that came up that I've heard a few people say around, you know, when talking about how to practice curiosity, how to be more coach-like with leaders. Something that often comes up is, I guess, the nervousness around Mm. what's the second question? Like, how do you respond to what they're going to say? So, we were practicing asking and brainstorming, what are some great questions you could ask some of the people in your team in order to, you know, help them. And things like, where are you stuck? How can I support? What are you working on? What's the hard part? Like, really solid questions that were coming out. And, one of the leaders actually shared, and again, I've heard this a few times, which is like, I'm okay with the first question. But it's like, like, how do I respond to what they say in response? And I think that actually speaks to your point, which is the nervousness around the effectiveness of, will this take us down a rabbit hole or into an experiment or on a tangent that I don't really know how to measure if it's effective or efficient or productive even? And so, like, how do I get comfortable with that kind of ambiguity?
1: Ooh, that feels so juicy because I think it points to so many potential teamwork issues, not the least of which is psychological safety. That if someone Mm. believes that they have to be effective and efficient all the time, Mm. how would they feel safe enough to answer the question, where are you stuck? What isn't working? Mm. You've got to, trust that you are allowed to be stuck and that something is allowed to not work in order to be Mm -hmm. able to honestly answer that question. So it seems to me that leaders have to project to their teams that effectiveness isn't the gold standard. Otherwise, you're potentially steering people toward the answer the boss wants to hear as opposed Mm. to creative problem solving together
0: yeah yeah and i think part of how you open that space up for folks is by modeling Mm -hmm. that that you too are nervous about something stuck with something having a hard part experiencing some tension you know at the moment there's this very very common theme throughout almost everyone that i'm working with in the executive team function no matter which organization which part of the world which is we're nervous about and we don't know how to handle this transition to hybrid yeah and so I've had a number of sessions with folks where I'll say, "What is it specifically you as a leader are nervous about and had them like just answer that and then actually say that's the thing you need to share with your team. Yeah like you should lead and model that this is the thing you're nervous about because we've never done hybrid before because this is all new because who knows maybe we'll end up back in lockdown again or maybe we'll discover that we can't actually travel as frequently as we want to and like all of these unknowns. By actually modeling that, you're actually modeling, I guess, in a way, vulnerability and the ability to share that hard part, which to your point is providing psychological safety for others to do the same.
1: And the thing that's so interesting about this is (laughs) as we step into this very real, very bizarre, very unknown world of hybrid work, Mm. part of what we're aiming to do is figure out how to work, dare I say it, effectively in a hybrid model But we've also got to be willing to find out what is not effective in order to find out what is effective.
0: Mm. (laughs) It's it's all very meta. Like, I don't want this to come across that effectiveness is taboo. I actually think- No, it's great. To the point of both and that we were talking about earlier. Like, I've pulled up the definition of effectiveness, which is, you know, the degree to which something is successful in producing a desired result. Now, the thing that I'm particularly curious about is the desired result. Because if we add to our desired results, our definition of success, that we want space for serendipity, we want to spend time being curious or coaching our leaders, then if we do that, that's effective. So, Mm. I think that's where I was maybe getting confused with effectiveness and efficiency because for some reason I thought that... I guess it was where I started this conversation was in order to be effective, does that mean you have to kill curiosity, which was the three words that we started with. But if part of the desired result, going back to the definition, is space for serendipity, as long as you make space for that, I'm repeating myself, it's effective.
1: (laughs) Wow. It seems like we have gone full circle back to basically the heart of what I hope this whole podcast is about, which is being more intentional. Mm. Leading... With intention, as Uh opposed to (laughs) (laughs) willy-nilly. So, oh my gosh, it goes back to the questions, the golden questions of who's it for, what's it for? So a meeting where part of it is designed to leave space for serendipity, for brainstorming, for curiosity, for rabbit holes... While the meeting might have been very productive, if you never got down the rabbit hole, was that meeting effective? Well, if you know that that's what it's for, you can measure it more accurately. It all goes back to intention.
0: Yeah, it really does, which is, <laughs> I probably should have seen coming because the, <laughs> the real skill that we were discussing in terms of the leadership skill in this particular workshop prior to talking about coaching and curiosity was indeed intentionality, was indeed (laughs) asking questions like who's it for and what's it for. It's almost like I did it intentionally.
1: It's almost like your workshop, Pete, was effective.
0: And that is the long and the short of it.